welcome. Thank you for tuning in to season five of the podcast. Let's chew the gum, the podcast where we talk about everything from A to Z over the five seasons. We've talked about quite a bit and we continue to keep talking. We continue to keep chewing the gum while we talk. This episode, season uh, five, uh, episode one, I had the distinct honor to collaborate with an organization that's doing great things in the Inland Empire here in Southern California, uh, Project Bridge. Project Bridge, which stands for Building Resources for the Intervention and Deterrence of Gang Engagement, is an organization that works with teens ages 12 to 22. They do outreach work and they guide teens to become the best humans they can be through connecting them with local resources that are willing to impact these uh, lives, impact the lives of these youths. Um, I am definitely here for it. Dr. K is here for it. Let's Chew the Gum is here for it. Uh, Today's episode, I'm um, speaking with one of the members of Project Bridge, which happens to be uh, one of my students who will soon uh, have his master's degree in teaching credential. And we sat down and talked about uh, the passage of Assembly Bill 101, which mandates that ethnic studies will be a high school requirement, a required course. Many schools already are teaching those courses. Many teachers already teach and have taught ethnic studies within their classes, but now it's a law. So beginning with this class of, I'm sorry, the school year 25-26, all California high schools will have ethnic studies courses as a part of their curriculum. For this episode, I was a guest on the podcast conducted by one of my master's degree students, Alfredo Heredia, uh, who is a member of the uh, Project Bridges. So I recorded for their show, but I thought I'd like to bring this important information and useful information to my audience. So while I called in uh, via phone to record the podcast uh, with those uh, with those guys down there, um, you'll hear me as a guest on their show. So a little bit of a twist to start off season five. I know you're going to enjoy it and find the information useful. Um, This will be part one of our focus on ethnic studies. We uh, sat down and had a very uh, insightful conversation. So um, welcome to season five. This is the podcast. Let's chew the gum. The podcast where we talk about everything from A to Z. So let's talk about it. Welcome to Let's Chew the Gum. I'm your host, Dr. K. Each time you tune in to Let's Chew the Gum, you can be sure of one thing. We always have. Something for your mind. 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 Something for your mind. 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 Something for your mind. Something for your mind. Something for your for your. Hey, folks! We'll join the podcast in just a moment. This episode is brought to you by All Watch TV. If you haven't seen On Watch TV, be sure to download the On Watch TV app on Roku. 
and Amazon Fire TV. There's all types of great content for you to watch with plenty more to come. Stay tuned. And now let's join the podcast in session. Right, hey, how's it going, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the PBJ podcast. This is Alfredo speaking. Uh, just like last time, um, I am an outreach worker for Project Bridge, and I am also currently a a student at the University of Redlands for a master's program. And today with me, I have one of my professors, uh, Professor Kawanda. Can you uh, go ahead and introduce yourself, please? Oh, sure. Hey, good, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. I'm happy to uh, join you today. This is uh, Dr. Kawanda, Professor of Education. University of Redlands, I'm, I'm so happy to join you today um, to, to share with you on your podcast and and then also to be able to share with listeners on my podcast. You know, of course, and that's a that's you no know, that's a part of why we're here, right? We're always uh, willing to collaborate with each other, and that's um, that's a big part of what we're going to be discussing today. We're going to be discussing the new ethnic studies uh, curriculum that's going to be introduced in the K through twelve system here in California, which personally I feel is you know it's it's vital to to our youth and to I, I think for me personally, you know, to alleviate um, a lot of the problems that we do have. Um, no, I, 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 I agree 100 percent. You know, whether whether it's alleviating problems or, or preventing problems from occurring. And, and, and when we talk about problems, I'm, I'm just thinking of uh, awareness or a lack of awareness because um, a lack of awareness can can lead to problems. And, we, and we've definitely seen that when, when it comes to um Ethnic, ethnic groups and ethnicities within the United States and particularly here in California. Yeah, and, and I agree 100% with that too, just because uh, the specific students that we have come in here to our program with Project Bridge, it's a majority are students of color that have been pushed out of the regular school system and are now at a continuation school or uh, homeschooled or something like that. And, you know, they come in and, you know, they even at these other schools, they have no relatability to the curriculum because it's not in their point of view or perspective. And some of them, they when they come in with questions, they're like, well, what is this? I've never heard of this before. You know, yeah, that, that's a serious concern, you know, especially, you know, we, we live in a state and, and, and pretty much a world that's ethnically diverse and you know, being the, that for the most part, the history of our educational systems has um, not gone in depth, if at all, as it, be, as it relates to the various ethnic groups and, and contributions, um, that can be problematic uh, for students, especially if we're talking about equitable opportunities for, for access. You know, when students can't see themselves and, and realize themselves in posi positions of success or, or just the contributions that were made by uh, their particular groups, you know, I think that that's problematic in and of itself, and it definitely does not uh, incentivize students to engage in the curriculum, um, um, you know, had they not known that, you know, they're a part of these histories, they're a part of this fabric, this makeup of, of America. So that's important. Yeah, and I think you touched on some very important points, <clears throat> excuse me, um, as far as uh, ethnic studies is concerned. and. There, there are some people that might think that ethnic studies is quote unquote reverse racism when, you know, if you look into it, that's pretty difficult to do because people of color are not in a power to to make others feel less than them and for them to be superior. And I think that is what is most important about ethnic studies and the model curriculum that the state of California passed um, 
And one of the things that they mentioned is, you know, it's it does offer the support uh, for these inclusionary practices and, you know, let these students know, you know, where where they come from and their history here in not only in the state of California, but in the United States as a whole. Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, folks that <clears throat> that would that would uh, suggest that it's reverse racism, I, I think even that comes from a lack of awareness for people to uh, understand and know what racism really is, which, you know, there's a, a power component there. Um, but just to include someone, you know, that, that's basically what it's about, inclusion, including, inclusion, including someone's and, and particular group's contributions um, and, and, and recognizing, again, that they are part of this fabric that makes up America. I, I don't know why anyone who is understanding what racism is would think that that's reverse racism to say, hey, we want to also include, you know, the others. It's like when, when folks go up and, and get an award for, you know, I don't know, a, a song or a, a movie or what, uh, whatever. And, you know, oftentimes there's a, a person that stands out as the lead or the star that may get the accolades. But we frequently hear them talk about everyone that contributed to that project, right? So they're thanking the writers, the directors, the camera folks, the staff, the crew, you know, the caterers. There's so many people that go into, you know, making uh, a project successful and it's no different with our, with, with our country. And what's happening here is there is a recognition that, you know, major contributors have been underrepresented and, and, you know, it's time that it's past time that, you know, they receive their just due to be included. And what, what's wrong? What I don't know why anyone would see something wrong with that. Yeah, and you, you provide a very interesting point of view because, you know, if we look at, for example, uh, the late Kobe Bryant, you know, he was a fantastic basketball player, amongst other things, but he always made sure that he that he thanked those people that helped him, whether it was his teammates, his coaches, his, you know, his physical therapists, his family. He, he never left anybody out. And that, I think that is a problem that we do have, how, you, how we've been talking about in our education system, you know, we, it's very seldom that you see somebody discuss, you know, what happened with the Native Americans here, the actual point of view, the perspective. And it wasn't until recently that we started, you know, recognizing that and mentioning it. And if you don't have somebody that is of, of Native American descent, you know, people just, they shun them or they're not, they're not uh, conscious of the way that they're presenting things. Like we most recently saw with uh, the unfortunate incident here in RUSD with that teacher that was trying to teach a, a math lesson and just was completely insensitive and just didn't catch on to it because she wasn't aware of it. And, you know, just amongst other things, but um, this, hopefully this ethnic status curriculum can, can help prevent situations like that and, you know, provide students with, you know, th those, his those historical points about their culture and, you know, get them more engaged in the classroom. Yeah, I, I think so. You know, many of us have been teaching ethnic studies for, for years um, and not, not, you know, with the name of eth ethnic studies. I, I think it's just good teaching to be inclusive and to include the individuals that, you know, that are in your classrooms within the curriculum and allowing them to see themselves in the history. That's, that's just good teaching to me. Um, I, I think it will have great benefits because um, I was just speaking with the class today and asking the question to them of, you know, who are you? You know, who are you? And, and, you know, they could say I'm, I'm John or Susie or David or Miguel or whatever the name is. But I was asking a deeper question. You know, who are you in terms of where do you come from in history or where do you come from? And then they'll say a place name. I'm from 
Hill, California, or Bakersfield. I'm from Arizona, wherever it may be. But I was asking on a deeper level, like, who are you in terms of your roots to history? Because we'll watch a history video. We were watching the history of uh, the Mexican-American War. And I was talking about how, you know, all of you guys are in this history. Your family was somewhere. Whether, you know, you may be seeing them on the screen and not realize that's your great grandfather, your great aunt, or, you know, whoever it may be. Or maybe indirectly, your family was somewhere in the world when this was happening. And I know this because the evidence is that you're here today, right? You just didn't come from somewhere. So you have, you have roots, you have roots somewhere and that determines who you are. And so when, when you know who you are, that gives you more of a purpose. Right? You're not just waking up every day just to exist. You're not waking up and, and just feeling the burdens of stereotypes that have been placed upon your people or, or having to uh, succumb to the false narratives or derogatory things about who you are. So when you know where you're from, it better helps you to navigate society, whether it's the way you vote, the way you carry yourself, how you engage in relationships, right? You find your value. Um, you're not just a leaf blown in the wind and you just kind of go wherever the wind blows, but you're firmly you know, situated in a, in a position to where your family has made contributions. So it gives you buy-in. You realize you're a part of the fabric. You're not reactionary. You're a part of the action. So I think the, the, the focus on ethnic studies for, for the particular groups that it focuses on is, is great. And, and for the groups that have traditionally been highlighted in our curriculums, in our history books, or within the curriculums of schools overall, it's beneficial for them as well because oftentimes they've had to rely on whatever narratives they've grown up with. In, 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 you know, through their caretakers. And sometimes, again, they have been, you know, ill-informed, under-informed, misled, misaligned. Um, and so it, it's helpful for, for, for everyone. You know, when we're talking about a republic, the type of government we have, when we're talking about a representative government or government of the people, for the people, by the people, however uh, order you want to put it in, it's all of the people, right? And and so it's it, it beneficial for everyone to be able to understand, you know, each other and, and who we are and, and how we contribute to this to this uh, uh, experiment that we call democracy here in America. Yeah, no, of course, and um, you you did touch on on a on a few other key points that um that I found really interesting, um, and I, I think for for me it does come back down to perspective, right? Um, and when you look at what the focus of what ethnic studies of what it is and when people hear ethnic studies if you've been on a college campus a community community college whatever it might be most people just think it's going to be a a perspective on you know latino latina um history but what it's what it's going to be it's going to be inclusive and there's a uh, four foundational disciplines it's going to be you know african-american they say chicana chicano or chicanx and then latino latina latinx uh native american and asian american pacific islander studies and that's that encompasses, for the most part, cultures that have been largely marginalized here in the country, and there's little to to no to no mention of them in our history books right now. And even even when you get into different classes that should be discussing them, it's never from their perspective or their point of view. And when you have when you raise questions such as you did today in your class, like who are you? A lot of these students, you know, they they do answer in such, you know, oh well. Yeah, my name is my name is Jose. 
and they they don't know because they don't know where they're from unless their their family made it a point to to make them know where they're from and i think that's what we've seen recently with um there's been a lot of movies that that show like hey like your culture and your background is important and you know seeing that on the, on the big screen is you know it's it's a highlight for me personally because people get to see how how it was being in a latino household and it's not how, it's not what people think you know um there's very negative stereotypes and points of views on you know on a lot of people of color and that's i think what ethnic studies is going to help alleviate how you were saying is you know hey you know this is our life this is this is how we are this is um you know and it, it in the end it's going to provide a good opportunity for students to to learn about all of that you know the struggles and everything else you know um we just celebrated Cesar Chavez and a lot of students don't even know who that is anymore um what that was what it meant and you know and I think the unfortunate part about all of this is as we mentioned earlier those people that try to you know spew the the whole um reverse racism thing they'll come back and they'll say oh well Cesar Chavez wasn't a perf perfect person you know Martin Luther King wasn't a perfect person but it's like hey that's not what we're focused on you know we're not saying that they're perfect we're just saying that we want you guys to to discuss who we are as a people and what we've gone through historically in the country you know how we've you know how we put so much into it you know people are willing to eat our food you know listen to our music repeat it um you know they want to highlight our, our athletes and everything else but you know once it's like hey let's talk about our history struggles and contributions they're like whoa 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 hold back a little bit there you know and i think that's frustrating so that's that's why for me personally ethnic studies this ethnic studies curriculum is going to be going to be amazing and you know other you know other students are going to see as well like oh cool like they're they're not just what we think they are or these these negative stereotypes that we've seen on the big screen or that we've heard and so on and so forth <clears throat> excuse me yeah for, for sure you know <clears throat> a lot of you know when i hear comments about you know uh, chavez wasn't uh either chavez wasn't uh perfect or mlk wasn't perfect well no one's perfect. They're, they're, you know, Mar uh, uh, George Washington, Abraham Lincoln, any, any, anyone else that's been in the curriculum, again, it's not perfect. And as you said, it's not the point that, you know, we're, 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 you want to put up people who are representative of perfection. That's not the point. It's, it's about contribution. It's about existence. You know, these people existed in their own right. And it, it, it makes some people uncomfortable to talk about some of those topics because there's trauma and trauma is not, you know, always easy to talk about. And I always tell people, you know, you know, if it's difficult for you to talk about it, imagine how difficult it is for folks that have to live it day in and day out, but yet still have, you know, strive to make contrib uh, positive contributions to the country and, and still, you know, remain important figures within, within the country. Um, you know, so it's not about reverse racism. It's not about making folks feel bad. You know, um, if, if individuals are feeling bad, you know, that's something we need to address. You know, what is, what is that saying about who you are? So, you know, even to, to today having a conversation and asking students who they were and, and talking about, you know, history and, and finding your history and, and talking to, you know, the elders in your family to get your family stories, um, you know, that was something that's cross-cultural. It didn't matter if you were black, white, brown, Puerto Rican, Asian, any persuasion. That's something that was cross-cultural. And as students, I noticed in my class, as I, as I talked about it more, as students started to reflect on the, the deeper levels about, you know, who they were and thinking about the contributions and the struggles and the highlights of their family, 
you know, many of them started to sit up straighter in their, in their seat, you know, and I was talking to them and saying, you know, that, that's, that's you, your existence, your right to exist. You know, and as I told them before, that's so powerful because again, it gives you a, a place of stability, right? That, that, that goes so far to help you determine, again, decisions that you make. I, I said it before and I'll repeat it once more because it's that important, even as so far as the relationships and who you allow to enter into your life, why you're waking up in the, in, 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 in the morning, you know, what's your purpose going out? Are you going out just to exist? So again, learning, learning about yourself and learning about others, because it's not just about teaching certain students about themselves. It's, it's, a, it's, it's a curriculum because it's all a part of American history. It's just that a lot of it has been excluded and, and under-investigated un, un, and underexposed. It's, it's about everybody. It's for the benefit of everybody. Right, it's it's not just these, these particular groups, and, and you know we can again go ahead and, and throw in other groups that ethnic studies will focus on also in, in terms of uh, our Jewish brothers and sisters and, and uh, Arab brothers and sisters, uh, Middle Eastern uh, Armenian uh, folks. Um, as as I said in my class, and I know many others. I, I don't know how individuals have taught history without being inclusive of all people. Um, now, if you've gone just only by textbooks, um, maybe that's where that's what's there. But I, I guess for me, you know, I've, I've had an understanding for my my entire life that, you know, this hasn't been just about one group, this experiment. And so it's always been about including everybody. So, you know, um, but, you know, we, we're here for it. I, I know myself and many others that are that are have been at the forefront of this movement um, and and you know, helping others to prepare to, to teach in their classroom um, through my nonprofit SCORE, which which stands for Securing Communities of Racial Equity, providing training for teachers and, and, and civic leaders to be able to have these discussions. Um, so for anyone that, that that's having difficulty, you know, I can only, only respect and acknowledge that and then to help them also to find out, you know, what's the difficulty that you're having and and to be able to assist them because no one no one needs to feel bad about this, you know. No one needs to feel bad. It's, it's, it's about you know educating all of us about you know who we are as a nation, and and the contribution that everyone has made. Yeah, no, for sure. And um, there's, I think what you said is 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 important too. When like when people feel bad about it, you know, it's. It depends again. I feel with a perspective which way they're gonna approach it. It's like you know, there's some people that are you know, well, yeah, you should feel bad about it. And there's you know, others that are like, okay, cool. Like, well, let's let's talk about this. You know, how can we, um, how can we help you? And then you know, in turn, help each other at the end of the day, uh, because you know, everybody is contributing to society in one way or another. And you know, the fact that it's not discussed is it's huge. And um. You know, and that that'll be one of the things that ethnic studies is going to be addressing, right? It's going to be it's going to be talking about those systems of whether they're advantage, uh, advantage, disadvantage, um, what's been going on. You know, like what we recently saw with the whole Black Lives Matter movement. You know how it's being represented to society and everything else. And you know, as educators, you know we should be able to to have these discussions in the class, and you know where where the root is the foundation of it all uh you know and at the end of the day to kind of help students you know with with their identity and you know being able to know about the 
the history and the movement, the system of power that in, that are in place. And I think that that's across the board too. I think that one doesn't matter uh, as far as, you know, your this, the color of your skin or what you identify with. Everybody knows that there's a system of power. And obviously, you know, with the social movements and, you know, um, making everything a little bit more equitable and, you know, just helping students to to make those those connections and of how how culture, culturally and historically they've they've uh they've been a part of of this whole movement and what you know what the what America really is right you know because it's it didn't happen just with one person or with one group it's been it's been a mixture of of a bunch of different groups and uh, as I mentioned earlier with with the whole food thing you know it's it's I think that's a good way to to introduce it hey you know what do you guys eat at home or you know what's a what's a traditional dish that you guys use and um that's that's a part of history right that's a part of ethnic studies that you know people don't know that we've been doing for a long time and that you're actually being being a part of and you know on a day-to-day basis no sure sure no that that's that's a great point you know Unfortunately, you know, I think ethnic studies in the past was just that, you know, you have the, the culture days and then what food do you eat in your culture? And, and that's as far as it would go. And, and, and that's 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 not a not a bad thing. But when it when it comes to like a critical analysis of, of the uh, various contributions of ethnic groups, you know, we, we have to do much more than than the traditional, you know, culture day festivals of, of the food and, and the music. Those are important. But again, when we talk about contributions, um, when we talk about, um, and I want to, I want to touch a little bit upon, you know, folks feeling bad, you know, you have to, you know, I, I try to meet people where they are, you know, if someone's feeling bad, okay, let's unpack that. Um, no one needs to feel bad about the past, right? We, we, we were not, we're not responsible for what happened in the past. However, when someone's feeling bad, I'm thinking that, okay, well, you must know, maybe that's an indication that you know that this is an injustice, and you're feeling bad because somehow you feel that you are a part of the injustice. Well, you don't. You don't have to be, right? Because we can see something—a uh, system of privilege that that we inherited or that we've had—and we can see the injustice in it, and we can do something about it to make it more equitable. So I meet folks where they are, and we kind of, you know, and and to be honest, some some people were just raised that way. You know, some people were raised that way because they were only taught what what they were which is what someone else taught them. And I've always said, you know, once you, you know better, that's when you become responsible. You're not responsible for all those things in the past, but, but let's talk about it and unpack this. Let's, let's talk and, and have discussions about why this was an, an, an equitable situation. Why, did, why were policies created that discriminated against certain groups or hit certain groups against others? You know, who benefited from that? And and oftentimes it's not the everyday ordinary people of any ethnic group. Oftentimes it's, you know, individuals in particular high political places or places of influence that have benefited. But regardless of, of, of that, let's look at what we can do better now that we know. And now that you have this information, what are you going to do with it? Now, once you're informed, and you still decide to engage in inequitable practices. Now you you should have some type of guilty conscience about that because you're making a choice. Um, but I understand, you know, when when you know it's just like a a, a child being raised and they believe in Santa Claus, you know, and then you realize that Santa Claus is not real. You know that that could be traumatic for someone because you have to rearrange, you know, your your mindset. You have to rearrange everything that you thought and believed 
and what you thought and believed about certain individuals to, to put on this, this new framework, you know, and, and that can be difficult, but when has difficult been a reason to not do something, you know, so some people have resisted because they thought, Oh, it's, it's too hard. We'll have to rewrite the, the books. We'll have to, you know, well, well, so yeah, you, you might have to do that. When has difficulty been an excuse for not doing what's right? So we, we you know, we definitely, uh, definitely, uh, have to, to get beyond that to the, to the point where we are. And, and that's why where we, we are. And so I'm, I'm hoping that people will, will genuinely see the benefit of it. You know, there's a lot of people who are aware already um, of, of all races or, or ethnic groups that are aware and, and understand the benefit of, you know, intercultural communication and, and appreciation across cultures. Um, but, you know, for the most part, you know, our education system over the years has been held hostage to particular groups that have been in power and it has been to their advantage to, you know, keep the masses um, in the dark about, you know, actual history. Because then that means you have to acknowledge contributions. That means you have to acknowledge the inequitable distribution of resources. That means you may have to do something about it. And I think that scares some people who may have for who will, who knows how long, have had an inequitable amount of resources that they did not necessarily, um, I don't want to say deserve, um, but resources that were not rightfully theirs solely, right? Um, because they're, they're, they're others. So, I mean, there's, there's so many facets that, that we could go into about the benefits of, of ethnic studies in schools. Um, but I think for the most part, people have seen this experiment so far and we've seen uh, the history of this country, and we've seen how sometimes it has regressed to uh, situations of violence that we've seen in the past. I'm excited for young people that get to have this opportunity, and and grown folks as well that get to have this opportunity and go through this experiment for the betterment of our society as a whole. If this thing is to last, if we are to be, you know, the greatest nation, if if if, if we are to to live up to the tenets of, of our founding documents. This is something that, that needs to happen everywhere because, you know, from many, you know, one for many, that, that type of deal. Well, we need to talk about the many. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, like uh, going into the public school thing, you know, um, for me growing up anyways, there, when I was, when I was living in LA County, there was, we always celebrated certain holidays right so it wasn't cinco de mayo how they how people make it seem within our education system but it was mexican independence day you know we had an independence day for for other countries too i think there was one for um uh celebrating something from from guatemala from um from honduras you know uh costa rica and like you know there was there was a plethora of examples but that that only happened at that one elementary school that i went to and then when i would talk to my cousins about it they would you know they they never heard of any of those things and you know like yeah. and th- that's just interesting in and of itself because you know we we're growing up together but now you know you're you're spreading you're spreading that same knowledge and information and i feel that that's what ethnic studies is going to do right it's going to help other people once they talk about it and how you're saying for our youth these youth are gonna hopefully talk to their parents about this or it'll be like hey did you know about this or when this happened and with their parents, depending how, depending how they um, respond to it, right? Like, oh, like you shouldn't be learning about that in school or, oh, like really that's interesting. I didn't know that either. Let's talk about it more. And then, I mean, 
that's if people still have conversations at the dinner table. <laughs> you know, there's someone's always on their phone. But um, sure, uh, I, I do think that's that's all a part of, you know, creating a social consciousness for our students and then for our society as well as a whole, because, you know, you're you're bringing all these different factors in from the that haven't been discussed before or are only discussed in in certain in certain areas with certain people. But now that everybody else is able to dive into it and, you know, it, it shouldn't be how how we've been saying that people, you know, feel bad about it. It's like, you know, we we weren't there at the time. But if you at at the same time, if you know about it and you know that it's bad, but you're you're continuing that cycle, then it's something that we should be that we should be having a conversation about as well, you know, because, um, yeah, we're not responsible for what everybody learns when they're when they're at home because we don't have control over that, and and we shouldn't. But you know, at, at least we know that in the classroom there's going to be um, something that's going to be is going to contribute to the public good and hopefully strengthen our democracy with what we've seen uh, recently. And I mean, even even it, like most recently with that whole with the Black Lives Matter movement, it didn't matter what side you were on, but you you saw how it reached you know other states as quick as it did and then other countries you know you saw it all over social media you saw it in the news you know no matter what news outlet that you follow or you listen to and of course you know it goes back down to um the perspective or the way it's being presented but you know the the point is like i feel in, in that sense it's something that's being talked about and it's not something that we've had before and you know especially now with this with this whole with the you know the age of digital media and how quick news spreads um I think it's going to be beneficial for, for everybody because now it's going to be like, oh, um, example when before when if you would go to Texas, Texas or Tennessee or somewhere, it's like, oh, like, look, I've never seen that person before. You know, am I supposed to hate them? Am I supposed to like them? How do I approach them? You know, it's, uh, it's going to they'll be like, oh, cool. Like, hey, you know, there's this and that. Like, you know, there it'll be I feel like it'll be easier in society to uh, to be friendlier than what some people already are. And to, you know, how we when we started the conversation as far as alleviating certain things, they're not going to look and, you know, think that we're they were still living in, in the in dark ages where, um, you know, where it's only Latinos, Latinas that are, that are supposed to be in the fields. And, you know, same thing with any person of color or, hey, like you're you're our enemy, you know, kind of how we've seen recently with uh, with the attacks on, on Asian American people that are just walking down the street and they're just getting you know, they're getting punched or they're getting beaten up just because they're different. So um, hopefully that's what ethnic studies in California will do. And it'll be, it'll spread to other states as well. I think, I think Arizona has it. No, not Arizona. Arizona is the one that got rid of it, huh? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. They, they uh, uh, passed law, laws, I believe, to, to not have it for sure. Yeah. But no, no, your, your point is well taken, man. You know, if, if we're a country and, and we're, you know, Americans, you know, the first time you encounter someone of a different ethnic group should not be, you know, in college. And when I say encounter doesn't, not necessarily physically, but understanding, you know, finding out these stories should not be in college. That's a, a long time for people to have a lot of misinformation about people within your own community, within your own country. You know, if we want to be, you know, all separate and, and, and engage in tribalism and, and whatnot, that, you know, that's, that's not, that's not how, this country is going to going to survive and how it's going to sustain itself, you know? So this idea of exposing and, and talking about, I mean, it, it's just, it, <laughs> I feel silly talking about or, or, or 
having to sometimes defend this idea about teaching ethnic studies because, you know, it, but then it, it gives an indication of people who fight against it. It gives an indication of, of their value system or, or what it is that they value and how they see themselves as American as maybe separate from everyone else. Um, but, you know, this, uh, this, this way of, of recognizing each other, celebrating, engaging in, in dialogue, learning, understanding, it's, it's, it's a, provides for a rich environment. You know, if, if folks don't want to do that, I don't know. I, I'm trying to, I'm sitting here struggling, trying to think of the, the reasons that people are against it. You know, people don't want to compete with other groups. I, I don't, I don't know. I want to, I want to mention something about the, the whole thing with the Black Lives Matter. You mentioned it a couple of times. Um, and, and this is something that's come up and it's been, you know, a point of contention in a, in a few, uh, classrooms that I've been in or, or schools that I've been in among students and, and teachers. And, you know, I'm always uh, amazed by it. So, so again, I, I, I tend to sit back and, and listen to individuals and meet them where they are and, and try to listen for, you know, what are their, what, what's underlying their contentiousness? What's, what's, what's beneath the surface. And so when I, when I, when I talk about, I'm checking this bill, when I talk about, uh, Black Lives Matter, and I'll say, okay, well, as a, as a black man, my life matters, right? I mean, yeah, my life matters. Do I, do I need to feel bad for saying Black Lives Matter? Like, my life matters. So I'm looking at a verb phrase, Black Lives Matter. Of course they do. And then someone's all lives matter. So I'm like, of course they do, right? And then I'll talk about, and I've used the analogy, and I've heard others use it since, of, of uh, a neighborhood of homes. And, you know, my house is burning. It's on fire. And I'm yelling out for help. Hey, help me, you know, let me help you put this fire out. You know, my house matters. You know, is your response going to be, well, all houses matter, you know, and you're upset for me for saying my house matters. Of course, all houses matter. But right now, mine is burning. And pretty soon, if if it's, I don't get any help to put this fire out, it's going to spread to your house. Then your house is burning. Now, now you know, are we still focusing on all, all houses matter? Of course, all lives matter. Right. But to say Black Lives Matter should not be a thing of political division. Now, here's where I think some people get, you know, some contention and, and I can understand it. When you talk about Black Lives Matter as individual lives, of course. Now, then there's organizations. There's a organization, Black Lives Matter. Organizations have individual people that, you know, maybe they issue decrees or they make decisions and, and perhaps some people in an organization, someone could like or dislike for whatever reason. Now, if someone doesn't like the organization, black lives matter, you know, you can, that's, that's, that's fine. Maybe you don't, you know, it could be a thousand reasons. Maybe they're, they're pushing for, you know, let's not just focus on the black lives matter, but an organization can be pushing for a particular agenda, but then maybe they're involved in something else that eh, I don't like that part about it. So I'm not going to, you know, vote for that, particular group because, you know, it's not that I don't think that lives matter, but I don't like this part. There's a difference though. But what we, what we've had that I've seen is all of that has been confounded, confused into one nutshell of saying, well, if you say black lives matter, then you're representing this organization versus an individual person. So I think we, we need to sort of separate the, the separate that into, to components are into parts to understand that, you know, all lives do matter. But 
saying all lives matter because someone says black lives matter to to diminue to to minimize the the anyone's lives is, is you know not 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 a good thing. I just I think people need to to see and and go a little bit deeper. But it's like you said, the way that sometimes it's portrayed in the media. The media, depending on who controls the media and what their particular political agenda is, you know, has a way of you know promoting ideologies or 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 framing stories to manipulate the minds of people who may not have the capacity to to think critically or maybe they haven't been taught to critically analyze news maybe they aren't you know folks that question and and, and ask why are certain things put a certain way and then they 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 follow right you know we we follow individuals because we admire them or they're our family members or you know we think we want to be like them and they have a particular political agenda you're not aware of that, but because they said it, now you say it. And now you don't want to be the outsider because, you know, we love our loved ones and we don't want to, you know, break that, that sacred bond of family. Um, but we have to do better to that, that being uh, critical consumers of information and really, you know, um, thinking about and, and talking to others that have different perspectives. So again, ethnic studies, different perspectives. We get an opportunity to have those discussions. And, and I think that's where a lot of the, misinformation can can uh, be alleviated because you're now having discussions. Whereas before you were just you know, having suppositions, you were supposing, you were assuming. I think this will, will be a great thing. Yeah, no, for sure. And, uh, you know, when, when I mentioned uh, Black Lives Matter, it, it's also because when I've had co- these conversations with, uh, with certain people, Black Lives Matter and ethnic studies, there's usually a response that I get is, they call it cancerous and they say that it's going to be divisive and uh, you know, they, they keep on going with that, that type of rhetoric. And I think it's like, you know what, like, well, that's, that's an interesting perspective, but like, let's talk about it. And uh, for, for the most part, when we do have these discussions there, you know, they're with, um, it's with close friends or, or, you know, family, whatever it might be. And um, they, as, as we have more of the conversation, they start to kind of like turn a leaf and they're like, Oh, okay. I do see that perspective. I see what you're saying. And, uh, for the most part, it it does help. Um, it does help the con- it does help contribute to to their new like I feel like they get a new perspective, you know, and you know it's interesting to see why they would say that it's cancerous or you know what what they think, but it's also what it's what they've seen and you know quote unquote it's always um I did my own research, and it's like okay um I I always feel like that's an an out for for somebody that's against something right it's like well i did my own research so I'm, i don't believe in it or this is how i feel like it's okay cool like well there's a difference between an opinion and what happened historically you know going back to ethnic studies you know what what happened during you know the the mexican-american war when um when people came over from europe and they colonized the country and it is what it is now you know what happened to native americans and it was it was a near genocide if, if you look if you look into it and even now like they're the people Native Americans are still suffering you know a lot you know Latino Latina people you know Chicano Chicanas African American people like they're still they're still suffering and then um, you always feel like uh, there always comes that that example of um, the model minority with Asian Americans well you know Asian Americans are doing really well and it's like well like you can't like now you're putting them in a deficit, you know, perspective. And it's like, well, let's actually talk about this. Let's talk about like the struggles that they went through and, um, and what, you know, what they still go through. And that's, uh, again, it goes back to ethnic studies and, 
you know, these, these perspective and it's, it's a big cultural un understanding and sometimes misunderstanding because they don't have that information. Right. And, you know, you don't get that information if you don't talk about it or if it's not being taught and, you know, up to this point, you know, kind of how I mentioned earlier, it's really just food or what you see on media, you know, um, uh, this, what, you know, what's LeBron James doing, you know, what's, what happened with Will Smith the other day. Um, and it's, you know, it's how it's presented and, uh, the struggles and everything else. And, you know, it's, that's usually only when people see people of color in, in, a in, a, in, in a different way. And even for like, you throw in, you know, the, the Latino perspective in there, uh, it's almost always the same, the same actors and in the same roles, you know, look at the whole fast and the furious movies, like the roles that Latinos play in there. Um, and it, you know, even, even up until most recently, you really didn't see many Latinos or Latinas in, uh, in superhero movies either. And, um, that's why, you know, earlier, you know, that's, that's why I was saying as well, you know, you, you get to see a different perspective with different movies coming out and it's, it's interesting to see how, how people react to it because they've either, they've been, in, they've been introduced to it or they have friends that are from a, from a different cultural background or they're just completely against it because they've never seen it before and they don't know how to react to it. But I, mm -hmm. I do feel that, um, that it is going to, you know, ethnic studies is going to promote, you know, that, that whole idea of, you know, critical thinking, thinking and the analysis of the history, you know, and the systems that are in place and, you know, what's happened to people, to everybody pretty much. And, uh, throughout the, the course of the history of the country up until where we're at right now. Sure. You know, I, I have, I have, uh, educators that, that come to me all the time where, you know, whether it's through the nonprofit school where I'm, where I'm training and talking with others, but just colleagues that are hungry for this type of information, you know, over the years they would come to me and with, sometimes it's just a resource. Maybe they wanted a resource uh, that they wanted for black history month or Latin history month or, or whatever it may be. Right. Um, I think people are hungry for this. Even the people that, that, that may be resistant right now, you know, it's like a, a baby who doesn't want to eat their veggies or something, you know, they, I don't, I don't like it because I don't know what it is. And, and so that's where some people resist, you know, you're someone will say, well, I don't like this particular type of food. Well, have you ever had it? No, I haven't had it. I just don't like it. You know, it's like, you know, you, so there's this reluctance and, and this fear of, of what's different and this fear of change. And then you, you, you get some of it and it's like, oh man, that was, that was the best thing ever. But there are a lot of people who are hungry for it and they're clamoring for it. And they realize that they're at a deficit. They're at a disadvantage for not knowing, especially when, when it comes to teachers, right? Um, because our, our schools, our country is not the same as it was in 1950 or even 1970 in terms of the demographics. Our schools are multi-ethnic places, right? And, and so you, then you have teachers that are, are, you know, for the most part have been uh, white females for the majority going into classes with students of, of, with in, in diverse classrooms, not being able to identify with their students. So that, that even helps teachers to be able to identify with students. Um, getting back to your comment about, you know, someone saying that discussing the topic of Black Lives Matter would be, you know, divisive or, or toxic, or I don't, sorry, I don't remember the exact word you used, but you know what's what would be uh, contentious or whatever whatever what would be contentious divisive and 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 the like would be not talking about that's when you have problems because people have to go on assumptions 
they have to go by stereotypes or, you know, they go by what they saw in the media, uh, what they saw in the news, and, and that's the identity. And then that, that becomes like the, the blanket description for everyone. Um, you know, so I've had experiences in my classes years ago. I was, I was doing interventions because there were race riots in communities, um, among, you know, either black and Mexican or black and white or Mexican and white. And so, you know, we go in to do these interventions and to talk with people about, you know, why are, 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 are you, what's, what's the problem? You know, and there's always, well, you know, it's that other group. If they weren't here, then, you know, things would be better. And, and then we, you know, we kind of sit and, and, and discuss and, and sort of unpack. You know, what, what's really the issue? And it, and it turned out in every situation, whether they were, you know, students or adults, in every situation, it was people fighting over resources that they felt they would have uh, a better chance at having if someone else wasn't there. And usually that someone else was someone of a different color or ethnic group. You know, that's an easy target. You know, when, when you don't have what you want, whose fault is it? Well, who's the outsider to me? Who, you know, and that's the, the person that looks different. But we kind of just talking and, and they come to discover that, you know, they pretty much wanted the same things, you know, safe neighborhoods, clean water, jobs, good food, things like that. And then we talked about, well, well, can you not get that if someone else is present? Let's talk about how, how we can work together to cooperate, whether it's the way that we vote. Right. Let's 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 look at that. You know, how, how are politicians or any, anyone being divisive? you know, in, uh, uh, in your community and making you feel as if it's someone else's fault that you don't have it. Well, you know, what if you, you know, voted in different people that had a different perspective that could ensure to the best of their ability, at least, that everyone that's involved, you know, has an equitable access to resources, right? So these conversations, it, it starts to, around ethnic studies, you know, what tends to happen is it starts to let people know and find out just how much more in common we have with each other as opposed to the small, slight differences, right? Just how much more we have in common. You know, and this this idea of the model ethnic group, you know, even saying that, you know, that's divisive in and of itself, right? And then you say, well, the Asians. Well, which Asians? Because not all Asians are doing well academically in school. There are a lot of Asians that suffer. So, I mean, you know how vast Asia is? So always, it kind of always like raises the hair on my, on my, my, my forearm when people say, well, Asians, this and that. I'm, I'm like, are we talking about people in Russia? Are we classifying them as European or Asian? Are we talking about people from India, Kyrgyzstan? Are we talking about Afghanistan? Are we talking Japan, Cambodia, Vietnam, China? Uh, which part of Asia are we talking about? Um, when we talk about Asians, so, and, and look, and even in saying that, look how many I've left out and people are hearing that and say, well, he didn't say me, right? There's so many, so many different, uh, groups. So that, that's, that's the whole point though. The more that we can talk, the more that we can have these discussions, the more that we can unpack stereotypes, you know, the, the, I think the, again, the better it will be for everyone. People will tend to find just how much, you know, we have in common and how much we, we, how much more we need each other and how much more we are actually invested in each other's success, right? Because if I'm investing in the success of my neighbor, then I'm investing in myself. It's just like I talk to my students of, you know, about voting. Sometimes they're like, well, how do you vote? And I'm saying, well, I don't necessarily vote one way or the other, or a particular party or another. I'm voting depending on a few things. You know, I have a lens, you know, first, how does this affect students, high school and university? How does this affect students? Uh, how does it affect my neighbors? 
right? And so maybe I'm looking at their interests because if, if students are okay, I'm feeling pretty secure about the future, right? If my neighbors are okay, I'm pretty feeling pretty secure about my neighborhood. But if I'm in a neighborhood where all I'm, or in any situation where all I'm thinking about is me and what I can get for me and my perspective, then it's just about me. Well, others are suffering. And then do I become like this target for everyone else, right? But if they're doing okay, they have no reason to um, have a negative outlook on me, about me, or to come for me in a negative way. So it really is about, you know, community. It really is about all of us. And unfortunately, again, that's not been the total history of our country. Of course, there's always stories and, and there's situations where those things occur. As I said, many teachers have been teaching from these perspectives for years, right, for years. Um, but as a whole, uh, the systemic change that we're talking about, um, I think, it, it, again, it's great. It's definitely uh, a welcome relief to, to where things have been. And, you know, time will tell. And I think, you know, time will prove that this was the right move. Yeah, no, of course. And uh, <clears throat> there was a there was one word that you said that, that keeps uh, repeating in my head that you mentioned together a few times. Right. And, uh, uh, you know, we have we do have to come together as, you know, not only here in the state of California, but as a country. And uh, we we can't have this without, you know, the audience, right? And creating the space for students and, you know, even adults, you know, for to have these discussions, you know, on, you know, race, ethnicity, class, gender, you know, sexuality, citizenship, you know, to learn those different perspectives. And, uh, you know, because there are, you know, we do have, there is a mix of, you know, those, these multiple languages and, you know, everybody, you know, how, how is this going to benefit me? How is it not going to benefit me? And that voting, that whole voting aspect of it too, it's, it's very important because people are like, well, um, I don't want to do that because now I'm going to be taxed more or this isn't going to be beneficial for me or, you know, like, man, like, do I really want to give up some of this money or how is this going to help my community right now? And that's, I think what a lot of people don't look at when they're voting, right? They don't see how is this going to help my community right now? Like, do do I want them to build these warehouses here where, where I'm living? Or would I prefer for them to invest some of that money into our public school system right here where they don't have sidewalks or they still have uh, those, what do they call the portable units, right? I'm sure a lot of schools still have have those. Right, right. Um, you know, do they have access to air, proper air conditioning when it gets as hot as it does here in the Inland Empire or um, even, you know, proper heating when it gets as cold as it does up in the desert or in certain parts of, you know, Riverside County in the Inland Empire? Um, what what resources do we have or what resources do we have available or not available for our students? And I do think that's going to be a big part of this, of the discussion with ethnic studies, right? Because you're talking about the, you know, the the cultural and historical aspects of it, but it's also like the resources they've had or have not had or have had taken away over the course of the years. And now it's like, okay, cool. How do we get these resources back? How do we get them back into our communities? How how do we get our students to be engaged within the community and even have them become a part of you know, the whole civic engagement process? And once they're able to vote when they're 18 and to continue to vote and make a difference. And, you know, there's, there's always, that's a whole nother conversation too, right? You know, does does my vote matter? Does it count? It was like, well, we can make it. We can make it matter. We can make it count. And, you know, so it's, you know, that's just, I, I feel like overall ethnic studies is going to be, it's going to be big. It's going to be big for California. And, you know, I, it just goes back to, to what I said as far as, you know, coming together and coming together as a country, you know, because 
we can do it for a lot of other things. You know, it's it's always big in sports. It's always big when something happens um, that affects the country as a whole. And people are like, oh, okay, cool. Like now we can come together. But, you know, are we going to stay together? And I do sure. think ethnic studies is going to be, it's going to be a key to that eventually happening. And obviously it's not going to be perfect because, you know, nothing's perfect in life, right? But it'll be as close to that as possible because we're going to be able to come together more than we did before. And it's like, cool, like now, you know, we know a lot about you guys, but now you guys get to see more about us. And that's, you know, that's going to be, again, what I think is going to be important and, you know, lead to that, that inclusivity and everybody coming together. Yeah, sure. I mean, I, I think, you know, there's, there's so much noise out there. Um, but any, any time that you can remove the barriers of communication, right, um, that allows for so much more time for people to be able to cooperate, right, to, to focus on issues. Because everybody, again, as I said before, lots of people have the same desires, so much in common, but they never know because there's no communication. And so, again, when it comes to voting, right, Maybe that's what some folks are afraid of. I don't know. You know, p- particularly people who have traditionally been in power, you know, it's advantageous for them to have people disjointed and, and not in communication and fearful of each other. You know, maybe historically that's been uh, a tactic, you know, and and uh, that that has benefited particular groups or particular individuals or particular sections or portions of groups to be in power. But I was, I'm, I'm thinking, you know, along the lines we're talking about voting, there's so much, you know, distractions over, over issues of, of disjointed cultures that when people begin to talk and discuss, you know, a, a natural, uh, um, uh, a natural sort of effect of that is, okay, well, now we're not focused on these small minor things. We, we, you know, we, we, we're, we're in a situation where we're working together, we're talking together. And from that, now we look at problems in our communities together and, and as, as, a, as a unit. As before, you know, we're disjointed. You know, I may go against something just because that group likes it. And I don't like that group. But now we're together. We get to focus on things, again, such as, you know, energy, sustainability, the environment, you know, food, you know, science, medicine because people are cooperating and we've removed a lot of barriers to communication. And we, and we know that, that one way that, that things change and, and technology advances is through, you know, open communication and the exchange of ideas. So, you know, I'm, I'm right now getting excited and inspired by the, the possibilities of, of watching this ethnic studies, uh, these programs roll out and seeing students and, and, and uh, teachers and parents and communities as a whole have an opportunity to engage in, uh, in um, on these topics in ways that they haven't had, have been able to before. Again, always pockets where it's been happening, but as a whole, as a school system, um, it, it, it's exciting. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. And I, and I think for those of you that may be listening that are apprehensive, you know, again, fear is, is, uh, is, uh, you know, just, a sometimes an, an irrational, uh, way that we deal with the unknown, what's unknown. But, you know, it, it's, it's great to be a part of it. And I would invite individuals, you know, for um, that, you know, want, want like to work on these topics together. 
Um, if you have fear of these topics, you know, I'm always available and, and open to have conversations and to engage in dialogue. And, and I don't mean just for people that agree with me, for the, for the, those that are, you know, in, in disagreement, you know, I'm, I'm open to the conversation. Um, I, I like to engage people in these topics and, and let's just, you know, help each other along because ultimately, you know, I want a society where all of our children and, and all of us can thrive and, and all of us can flourish and realize the dreams that, that we have individually and collectively. Yeah, no, I agree. And it's, you know, it's, it's crucial to not, not only the, the environment and the communities that we live in, but also being able to move forward, right? Everything that you mentioned as far as the environment, sustainability, you know, voting and everything else, you know, we, we can't have that if we're not coming together and we're not, you know, making these decisions, not only for the, for the benefit of us right now that are currently living, but for the future, right? You know, that, that goes to say for, you know, for our nieces, our nephews, you know, our future sons and daughters and, you know, their future kids and everything else. And that's the, the future generations that are to come after us. You know, what, what do we want to leave on the table for them? Do, do we want to show them how we came together as a country and how we work together and we're able to live, you know, not necessarily in like a utopia, but that's, that's the goal, right? That's what everybody's goal is in, in one way or another. Um, but it's just about having that perspective and, you know, being able to get there. And I, I think one of the biggest things that that I always uh, remember whether I'm ha- when I'm having a conversation or thinking about something uh, and I'm getting excited or I'm getting a little bit uh, um, dissuaded by it, it's it's the hope, right? You know, you, there's always going to be some sort of hope and some sort of light at the end of the tunnel that you're looking forward to. And it's like, all right, like, I hope that this happens or I hope that, it, you know, this doesn't happen or man, if it does happen, I hope that it's not as bad as I'm thinking. And, you know, it's just that that word carries so, so much weight in, in and of itself. And, um, you know, and I, I think that's something that ethnic studies is going to provide, right? It's going to provide hope for a lot of people that, you know, that don't, that aren't discussed in, in our classrooms and, uh, you know, just kind of see how it goes, you know, but hopefully it, it hopefully again, you know, it, it does go in, in the direction that, that we're all, that we're all expecting that it does. No, I, I think it will. I, I think the the best things again come out of communication, man. I, I'm I'm reminded of a movie. I don't know which Spider-Man movie it is. I can't remember which one, but there's a scene. I think they're on a bridge, and maybe with the maybe with the Green Goblin, and they're trying to throw the train off the bridge or whatever. I don't know, but he's beating up Spider-Man. But then all of these individuals come together to help Spider-Man. And if you ever see this scene. There's people from, I think they're in New York City, obviously, Spider-Man, but there's people from so many different ethnic backgrounds on this train, and they all come together as one to help Spider-Man, and eventually everyone is saved, right? But they're like, no, we're not going to stand for it. So you, I think you, I, I don't want to call it the different groups, I can't remember them all, but if if, if anyone's listening can can, you know, see that movie, it's a, it's a great example of what we're talking about here because they're all from different ethnic backgrounds, but they all have this common purpose. And because they work together and come together, they not only save Spider-Man, but they, you know, save themselves. And, and that's what we're looking for this year. I think that, you know, the, the, this is an issue of national security. You know, you want to take it to a different level. I know we, we probably run out of time for this episode, but on a whole other level, it's a matter of national security, you know, because if we continue to be disjointed in this country and revert back to some of the ugly ways of the past, we're easy pickings for, for any, any want to come in and to, and to take over, you know, it's called the United States, you know, 
we have a union of people. So much in, in our founding is about union and togetherness. Um, and, and we have to continue. It's, it's up to us to, to live up to that legacy. It's up to us to, to live up to those tenets to preserve what we have here. Um, you know, just like the founding documents say, for ourselves and for our posterity. You know, it's up to us. Yeah, and I, I think we're going to end the end the podcast on the on on even more more topics to discuss the next time, right? Because you know that's there's so much that we can unfold just from from the comments that you said about the movies and what happened there, and you know as far as being a you know a it's national security because if we're not coming together, people you know can come and get rid of us, you know, especially like with what's happening right now in the Ukraine, right? You know, there there is supposed to be a country that people thought were going to be taken over real quick and they're still fighting. You know, what what kind of country are we going to be if somebody were to try to come in and invade us, right? And I think there's even a movie about that. I think it was called Red with um, uh, the actor that plays Thor. I, I forget his name, but I, I know it's a, a remake of an old school movie. But oh, Red Dawn. There you go, Red Dawn. And, uh-huh. you know, and that I, I that does show, that even that shows, you know, people coming together and, you know, they're, they're putting their differences aside and, you know, they're coming together to for for a set goal in mind. You know, uh, I think right now with ethnic studies, it's going to be um, it's going to be that discussion on, you know, history and culture. But, you know, it's also going to be about resources. How do we get these resources out there for everybody to be on a more, Absolutely. you know, equitable level? And I think that's yeah. I look forward to I look forward to more episodes with you on this topic for sure. Yes, sir. Thank you. Thank you for joining me. I really appreciate it. And um. And uh, until next time. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to, uh, to you know, um, questions and comments and, and follow-up. Uh, you know, if folks have questions, I'm, I'm always available. Um, you can leave my contact information if you have, uh, you know, uh, they access it on the web, on the, on the site or whatever. I can leave an email address if folks want to contact us. It's uh, all good. All right. Awesome. Well, then everybody, thank you for joining us today. You guys have a great day. Have a good one. I hope you enjoyed the conversation that I had with Alfredo. We plan to do a few more episodes uh, related to ethnic studies and its rollout in California schools for the 2025-2026 school year. If you'd like to be a guest or join in on the conversation, feel free to email me at letschewthegum at gmail.com. That's letschewthegum at gmail.com. And uh, we'll definitely uh, uh, have you a part of this conversation, whether it's just your questions or your comments or if you want to be a guest. So thank you again. Be sure to tune in for our next episode. And remember, we always have something for your mind.